this morning. If you have your word with you, you can open it to Luke chapter 18. I just want to say before we get started this morning, I'm so excited about what God is about to drop into uh, the house. Uh, we've been talking about prayer for the past few weeks, and um, man, I feel like we kind of get in, in this thing sometimes where we, we believe it, but we don't, don't you? Like we'll say with everything in us, oh yeah, prayer, man, that, that God answers prayers, God, he does, he, he comes through, God, he, and it's about that level of enthusiasm and belief. Oh, yeah, man, God can fix that. Oh, yeah, man, God's got this. You ever, you ever even said it maybe like that? And what you're doing is, man, your lips are saying, yeah, I believe it, but, man, your heart is saying, I don't know. You ever been there? See, I believe, um, I believe we all do get there sometimes, and maybe we, we stay there more so than not. And it's amazing to me just the past few weeks just talking about prayer how it's been reshaping and refocusing my perspective on this thing. Um, and this morning, man, I'm hoping and praying and praying for some grace this morning that God will just pour into us um, something like that. Um, so this morning we're going to be in Luke 18. A few uh, weeks ago we started this series called This I Pray. And, um, man, I've been excited about it. And this morning, I, um, <laughs> I don't even know if I can get there. I'm just excited about it. Um, and I know that for some of you, it's like, man, it's great. We're talking about prayer again. I've been in church for my whole life, and I've got it figured out, and I know how to pray. And if you could just go on to some higher level stuff, Brad, like I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need some Trinity information here. Like if you can, if you can tell me how all that works, that'd be great. But what I'm not talking about this morning, um, for those of us that are there, is the how. I'm not talking about how to put some words together and kind of weave them together in a certain order to get a certain response from God. That's not what I'm talking about. That's not what we're looking for, and I know that's not what you're looking for. But, man, what I'm talking about is, have you ever maybe prayed a prayer that you didn't really feel like got anywhere? You pray, and you're like, I don't, you get done, you're like, amen, and you're like, I don't know if I should redo that or what, because... That didn't get anywhere past the inside of my head. I didn't, I didn't get that one to God, and I know it for a fact. You ever, you ever felt like that? And I think more often than not, really, we feel like that. We feel like uh, we, we say these things, and then, and then God maybe does answer through his grace or doesn't answer, and we kind of get in these moments where we're like, man, I don't, I don't know if I'm doing anything worthwhile here. And that's what we're talking about these past few weeks, and we're looking at the Gospels where Jesus, the greatest prayer of all time, is teaching his people how to pray. You can be sure if there was one person on the planet ever that knew how to get a prayer through, it was Jesus. Yet Jesus spends so much time talking about prayer, teaching his disciples and, and the people around how to pray. And you're like, well, why would you do that, Jesus? These aren't like uneducated pagans who have worshipped like 14 different gods. This is not this. This is the people of God. These are all Jewish people that you're talking to. It's not like Jesus left Jerusalem and went like, you know, to, to, to Germany or somewhere like that where they, they worship something else. He was in, in the city of God, in the country of God, with the people of God. And these people would have known how to pray, yet Jesus still teaches them how to pray. And I just want to say this morning, if Jesus feels the need to teach them how to pray, the most religious people on the planet. Maybe, maybe there's a reason we need to perk up a second this morning. Um, 
This morning, we're going to kind of jump into Luke 18. And in Luke 18, we see that Jesus is doing kind of what Jesus pretty much always is doing. Jesus is teaching people. Um, Jesus only does a few things in in the Bible. He teaches people. Uh, He's born and he dies. That's pretty much pretty much the span of what we see in the in the gospels and in 18 it's no different Jesus is teaching people he's been doing that for at least maybe a chapter now but in 18 it says he told them them being the people sitting around a parable now a parable is a a story it's something that Jesus loves to teach in it's a story but it's a story with a point it's it's meant to give us a moral or a spiritual point So Jesus is going to use this story this morning to teach us something. So what I mean to say by that is don't just shut it down because it's a story. You're like, oh, it's great. Um, It may be a real story. These people may be real people. It may be a fictional story. um, But it doesn't really matter this morning. Jesus is telling us a story. And the idea behind the story is that at the end of it, we would see something in, in a moral or spiritual way. And it says he told them a parable And this parable was on the need for them to pray always, um, pray constantly, pray without ceasing, and not become discouraged. I think this is amazing because isn't this what we need this morning? You ever prayed for something and prayed for something and prayed for something and prayed for something? I could do this for a while. And you feel like God is nowhere to be found. Let's just be honest this morning. You can say no, but you're lying. Um, or you got a better prayer life than everybody else. I don't. It's one of the two. But in reality, I, th- I think we've all been there. We've, we've prayed, and what we, what we expect is we expect God to just come through in the moment, right? See, the truth is we're part of the microwave generation, right? We can have anything we want at any time we want. Like we have fast food. You don't have to cook anymore if you don't want. You can just pull up to a little box, and by the time you get to the window, your burger is coming out. Like, that's that's a miracle of God right there. Um, There's fast food. Uh, There's the Internet. You can talk to anybody anywhere on the planet, like, in an instant. That's crazy to me. You can do that with your phones, too. It's weird. I'll never get on a real computer. Um, Well, we can have anything we want, like, on demand. Like, you can watch any show you want, like, in... Some of you guys are not Comcast people, praise God for that. But, um, but like on demand, you can get on there and you can find any show you want to and you can hit it. Netflix maybe is the thing for some of you guys. We're in that moment, right? We're in that generation where we want everything right then. We're not used to having to wait. Like slow food is, is going away. Like it's all going to be, I walk in and it just comes out. Like I don't even have to order. It's just there. They read your brain. It's coming. Um, we're in that generation, and because we're in that generation, man, we expect God to work on that same timetable, don't we? Man, I put in that order, God. It's supposed to be here. Like, I pray, and it comes. That's how that's supposed to work. And because of that, it's super easy for us now, then, yes, but us now, to be like, God, where are you at? So Jesus, knowing us today and even knowing them then, is going to show us something this morning about this idea that we, we are supposed to pray and when we pray, man, we're supposed to believe. So this parable, this story, you don't have to dissect it this morning, is a story telling us about our need to pray always and not become discouraged. So if you just want to tune out and then you can jump back in at the end, that's cool. Or you can hear the story. Either one works. Um, 
But Jesus starts out in verse two with the story and he says, there was a judge. This is the first character of our story. It doesn't tell us who his name is. It doesn't tell us where he's from. It just tells us that he's a judge. He's someone who presides over legal cases, just like a judge that we would have today. I think the reason Jesus didn't decide to tell us his name or where he's from is because we like to get off on rabbits in those details and it doesn't matter. Like if he just said he was from Capernaum, somebody would be up this morning teaching a message on Capernaum this morning because that's what we do. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't matter. Um, But Jesus leaves that out because this morning the point is just that there is a guy, there is a judge in one town and it says that this judge didn't fear God. In other words, Jesus leaves out the name and he leaves out the town, but he's going to tell us something about the character of this judge. This judge is a judge who doesn't fear God. Basically, he's saying this judge isn't a follower of God. Maybe he's a believer. Maybe he's not a believer. But even if he's a believer, he's someone who doesn't really care about the opinion of God. He's not someone that follows the law of God or cares about really what God says. He's just a man who does kind of his own thing and lives his own way and and he chases after whatever he wants. This is the character of this judge. He says he doesn't fear God and he doesn't respect man. In other words, he doesn't care about what God thinks and he doesn't care about what man thinks. This judge doesn't need your approval for his ego is what it's saying. He doesn't care what the people in the town think about this judge. What we can tell from this judge, just a little bit of his character, is he's not a very compassionate or sympathetic judge. He's not a judge who really cares about what anything, what anybody thinks other than himself. He's out for him. He's out to please him. He's out to do his thing. And he's not really worried about the people that he presides over. And it says in verse 3 that there was a widow. This is the second character. Now, Maybe we don't get this so much, but these people in this moment would have instantly known that this widow represents a helpless character in the story. This was a very man-centered, man-driven society back in Luke chapter 18. It was not a society where women worked. It was not a society where women really went out and got jobs and did things, and this woman had lost her husband. And when that happened, her source of income, her source of living, her ability to take care of herself really would have fallen out beneath her. And we see that this woman in in this moment represents a helpless woman, somebody who doesn't have the power to do what she's asking for. It says, and this widow lived in that town, in the same town, and it says she kept coming to him, him being the judge, saying, give me justice against my adversary. Adversary is just a word meaning someone that's against you. Also, synonym for that is the devil which is weird Um, but this woman comes to this judge over and over and over again and what she's asking in this everyday process is give me justice against my adversary coming every day and it's the same request it doesn't say how long this lady made the request it could have been days it could have been weeks it could have been months it could have even been years But what we know is over and over and over again, like a weird little time loop, this lady would come to the judge every day and she would say, hey, I need justice. This person's coming against me. They're doing something to me and I have no power, no ability to stop it. I can't do anything about it and judge her my only hope. And he looks every single day and he's like, I don't really care. No. And she comes back Tuesday. No. She comes back Wednesday. Still no. Thursday. No. For who knows how long. 
days, weeks, months. What we know is, man, this is a hopeless situation for this woman, or at least it appears to be. We know the character of the judge is the judge doesn't care about what God thinks and the judge doesn't care about what people thinks. And because of that, we know the judge doesn't care about the well-being of this woman. You can imagine if you were in this story with this woman, you'd be like, why don't you just give it up? <laughs> why are you, man, you've been doing this for weeks now. Why are you go? He's telling you no every single day. Why do you keep going there? Like, you need to figure something else out. You need to do something else because this judge is not going to do anything to it. The people listening to this story even sitting around with Jesus would have been like, this is ridiculous. You told us to pray and not be discouraged, but this judge doesn't care about people and he's totally not going to do anything about it. And this lady's a little bit crazy because she does the same thing over and over and over again. That's the definition of insanity, to do the same thing over and over and over again, expecting separate like different results. That's this lady, she's crazy. And you kind of like in a minute feel sorry for her. You're like, I don't know about that. And then you're kind of looking at Jesus like, how does this help me to want to pray and not be <laughs> discouraged? Because even in this time, it would have been a crazy thing. Think about now today, us, our microwave culture. We'd have been done on Monday. God, uh, just uh, <laughs> this is what I need. About Tuesday, we'd have been kind of aggravated. And Wednesday, we'd have been done with God. <laughs> We're done. You obviously don't answer prayers. It's been three days, man. The postal service is quicker than you, God. It's bad. But she comes every single day and she asks for the same thing. In verse four, it says, for a while he was unwilling. Who knows how long that while was. Uh, it wasn't a day. It was some span of time. But it says, but later he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or respect man, yet because this widow keeps pestering me, I will give her justice so she doesn't wear me out by her persistent coming. This is the words of the judge. He even states his unlockable character back to himself he's not trying to change he's not uncertain about where he stands nothing changed with the judge his character and his personality there was no shift there God didn't just come into the story and be like yeah he's going to be compassionate today that wasn't what happened he says to himself man I don't fear God I don't care what God thinks nothing changed there and I don't care what people think, like she could have brought the whole town with her and it wouldn't have made a difference to me. I don't care what they think. But this lady is wearing me out. Literally what he says, this lady is getting on my nerves. Every single day she comes up here and, and, and like I tried shutting her down for a while and uh, like we did that for weeks and weeks and weeks and she keeps coming up here and if she's going to come up here every day at 12 o'clock and disrupt my lunch, it'd be better for me just to, to, just to answer it and give her justice so she would leave me alone. That's the attitude of, of this judge. Nothing, 
miraculous shifted in his character. Nothing changed about who he was. There, there was no thing that happened in the city where he just decided to, to be somebody different. There, there wasn't even a person swap or a judge swap. He just got tired of the lady coming every single day and asking for the same thing. And eventually he was like, I'm just going to have to give her what she wants so she'll leave me alone. And it says in 6, then the Lord said, this is Jesus kind of entering back into his story here. Listen to what the unjust judge says. Jesus here even highlighting the character of this judge. It's not a good judge. <laughs> he says, listen to what even he says. Take his words. The judge said, I will give her justice. I will hear, I will respond, I will answer, I will do something. The judge said that, and the reason why is because she was persistent. I will answer because she was persistent. In 7, Jesus says, Will not God grant justice to his elect, who cry out to him day and night. This is what God, Jesus here says about himself. He says, man, look at this story. There was a judge who didn't care what God said. He was not a good judge. He didn't care about that woman. He wasn't invested in that woman. He didn't really care about how that woman got through life. He didn't care if she lived or died. There was no compassion in his heart for that woman. There was no direction in his heart for that woman. He wasn't rooting for that woman. He didn't want the best for that woman. He didn't care if that woman died. Yet here in this story, we see that a just, an unjust judge who doesn't care anything, who's, who's, who who's has, has no love for this woman gave her justice, Jesus says, man, won't God do the same thing for his elect who cry out to him day and night? What Jesus is saying here is, man, that judge didn't care anything about that woman, yet she got what she asked for. Won't God who does love you who is rooting for you, who does want what's best for you, who, who did have compassion for you, who, who does have sympathy for you. Won't that same God who, you know, came, sent me down here and I'm going to the cross, won't, won't that God who is willing to die for you also answer his elect who call out to him day and night? Now, I love what Jesus says here because the first thing he does, he highlights the character difference in the story. There was a judge who didn't care, but this is God who does care. But the second thing he does is he, he acknowledges the process is much the same, right? He didn't say, won't God answer his elect who did call out to him that one time when they were kind of bored and kind of at the bottom of the barrel and there wasn't a different way out, like just that one kind of shot at it. But he says, won't God answer those people that he loves that are, that are willing to persistently ask God? To call out to him day and night. Day's easy because we're awake, not, not so much. And Jesus asks another question. He says, will he delay to help him? This is 
a rhetorical question, <laughs> a question that doesn't really need an answer. And what Jesus is saying here is, will God delay in helping them? He goes on in 8 and he says, I tell you, he's answering his own question, that he will swiftly grant them justice. This is what Jesus says. Jesus here, words in red in my Bible says, will God delay and then answers back with no, I tell you he will swiftly or quickly answer. Jesus here who knows more about how God answers prayers than anybody else on the planet says that yes, God in fact will and does answer and he will do so quickly. There's a a lot of us in the room right now that are like, well, that's great, but I know for a fact that you are wrong. (laughs) Right? Let's just be honest. Because All of us, I believe, probably have prayed before over and 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 over to the point where we're just like, what's the point? Right? And in that process of maybe days or weeks or months or years, if we made it that long, what we didn't see was God move, right? God, I really need you to do this. 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 And then he doesn't. And you're like, so hold up. Either Jesus is wrong or he's lying. Because God didn't do that for me. Maybe Jesus just likes those guys better or maybe that was for them or maybe that was for you. But I know that wasn't for me because I ask and 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 nothing happened. I'm still waiting. And it's really hard. But I just want to I just want to point something out and I don't know that I don't know that it'll do much for you but the word swiftly although does mean quickly also means at the appointed time. We've got to dig a little past just what we know and into the, into the dictionary. I know it's weird, but the word swiftly actually means that it will happen at the appointed time or on time. See, the reality of it is, man, we live in the microwave generation, right? And we pray and we expect We're the instant gratification society where I can drive up to a speaker and by the time I get to the window, my food is coming out the window. We're the bubble test generation where you fill it in and they run it through a scanner and they know what you have. You know if you pass the test (laughs) a few moments after if they do it. I was thinking the other day and it's kind of amazing to me. Um, I'm not digging into the election, so don't go there. Um, But man, I turn on the TV and the whole United States voted in one day. And before the next morning hit, we knew, right? 
What did that look like 50, 60 years ago? How long would it have taken 100 years ago? To, like we've, been, we've had presidents for that long. How long would it have taken 100 years ago to count all that stuff and then get word from here to here to here to here? And we're used to everything right now, right now, right now. Like you can get, it's crazy, you can get on a, on a tube that they fling through the air and you can get from, you can do a nine-hour drive in an hour and seven minutes on a plane. And we're used to everything being so quick. And then when it's not, when, when it's not for some reason, it doesn't register in our brain that it's worth it, right? I know this because I teach. <laughs> I teach a class that in three years, you're still not very good at it. I t- you take from, I don't know how to do anything to three years. Now I can kind of do something. And I lose kids every single year. And you know why? It's because, man, it takes so long. In math, to put this number and this number together, I'll know in just a second if I'm good. And if I'm not, I can get that way if I really care. I mean, it doesn't matter in music how how much you really want to. It's still going to take some time to do it. And because of that, we lose people. That's just how it works. Our whole generation is shaped around that idea that, man, I can pull out this phone standing in the woods and I can call somebody in China if I want to. Like, that's us. So now we've taken that and we've applied it to God and we're like, God, you got to be like everything else. God, you got to be like the drive-thru. God, I prayed this and if you don't answer it, you in, in that amount of time, by the time I get my car up to the window, if you've not answered my prayer, I don't think you're going to. See, a lot of us expect God to work like a microwave, but sometimes God is a whole lot more, Rick would hate me right now, like a crock pot. <laughs> but man, I'm, I'm just going to let you know what comes out of a microwave, not quite the same level. And if God answered us like a microwave, we'd be in trouble. So what Jesus says here is, Will God not answer? Well, heck yeah, God will answer. Actually, he won't even delay. God is going to start the, mo- the movement, the motion uh, of answering you at the moment you say it. God is, God is going to work things in your favor the moment you say it. But I just want to let you know, this is Jesus here. He's like, I tell you that he will, at the appointed moment, Grant them justice. I tell you that right on time, God will grant you justice. That right before the cliff happens, like right, right, as, right as the front wheel is about to go over, God will grant you justice. That's what he's saying. God will answer, but God's going to answer when God wants to answer. God's going to answer when it's at the moment that you know all of your options were done. God's going to answer when you know that there was nothing else really I could do. God's going to answer when you know Man, I've tried everything I could possibly try, and if it were not for the grace and the mercy and the love and the mighty hand of God coming through, there was no way in the world that was going to happen. And what God's saying is here, don't give up on me. Yeah, Monday, maybe it didn't happen. Well, Monday, you were still trying to do your thing. And if I would have answered on Monday, you'd have been like, man, I did a great job. I prayed that prayer, but man, I, I did it. 
On Tuesday, you still would have taken credit. On Wednesday, actually, you still would have even somehow thought it was you. So I waited not till Friday, not till the next Friday, but I let you have it for a couple weeks and I let you try your thing. And when you were at the bottom and you knew, man, there was no much, there was no lower you could get and you were at the bottom of that hole and you were looking up and you're just like, there's no way I'm climbing out of this. This is when I'll reach in. At the appointed moment, right at the right time when you know, man, it's not you, it's me. I will move on your behalf. And then he finishes out the verse and he says, nevertheless, when the son of man comes, this is how Jesus likes to refer to himself sometimes. Nevertheless, when the son of man comes or the Messiah comes or the chosen one comes, when God shows up on the scene, when he shows up on the planet, it says, will he find that faith on the earth? When Jesus shows up, will he find that faith is is what he's saying. Is is there anybody that he can spot out that's going to look like that? And I feel like really, like even maybe if he showed up today in church, like it would be like the whole Noah thing. (laughs) There's like one dude in here that believes me. See, I think we've, we've messed up somewhere along the line. I've actually heard people say before that if you pray for it over and over and over again, you're not believing God for it. Have you heard that? Yeah. You're supposed to ask like that one whole time and then <laughs> if you ask again, you don't believe God. I've heard people teach that. I've heard people stand up here and teach that. Apparently they didn't read Luke 18 before they taught that. Um, We, we we act like it's some great faith to pray something one time and then not think about it anymore. God, please save my family. There's my one. Do your thing. It's on you if it doesn't happen. God, please do this thing. God, please move, be in action. But here Jesus seems to equate our faith with not asking once, but asking and asking and asking and asking and asking. See, the reality of it is it doesn't take much faith to ask something one time, does it? Whether you can do it or not, I'll give it a shot, right? <laughs> I'll, go to, I'll go to McDonald's and ask for a Whopper one time. Like, I don't have to believe it's going to happen, right? Just try anything once. But man, to go over after you've heard no or heard nothing and then to come back the next day, that was a little harder. Come back three days later and ask for the same thing and still no answer, that's a little harder. Come back a month later and you've been doing it every day for a month and, and still no answer, that, that's harder. To, to pray about the same thing for a year over and over and over again and still nothing visible to you, that, that's a little harder. What God is here saying to us is, man, it doesn't take faith to pray something one time. It takes faith to pray over and 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 over again. And still, maybe you don't perceive that I'm doing anything. But what we see in the story is, man, that's the kind of faith that Jesus is looking for. See, the reality of it is, if you only care enough to ask one time, you probably really don't care. 
Are you hungry if you ask for food one time? You want something to drink if you ask one time? Not really. Think about a little kid. Man, if they're hungry, they're going to let you know, right? Over and 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 over until you get there. Never gone on a trip with a little kid? Are we there? Are we there? How much farther? How much longer? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? See, what God is saying is I invite you to pray to me like that. What's annoying to you is music to my ears. See, God's not part of the microwave generation. God exists outside of the spectrum of time. Before there was time, there was God. He made watches for us, not for him. His days, his moments, his years are not numbered. He's eternal. He existed before time and after time's wound down, after all the clocks are broken and burnt, there will still be a God. So although you like your microwave and your drive through and your Netflix, God wants a little something else from us. God wants a, 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 a child that will be persistent in asking. God wants a child that believes on Tuesday when God didn't answer on Sunday. God wants a child that three weeks later when he still hasn't heard anything, still nothing from God will still be saying, man, I know you're coming through. When are you coming through? Amen? Some of you guys, I just want to say this morning, you've been praying for the same thing and maybe you've given up on that prayer. God, I ask you and I ask you and I ask you and I ask you and I ask you. You've not done anything. You've not done one thing. Well, be real with him. He loves that. But do not quit on him. Because he never quit on you. God, I don't know why it's been three weeks. I'm still asking you, but I'm asking you. Because I know you can, and I know you will, and I know you said you love me, and I know you care about me, so I'm just waiting on you. I can't do anything, so I'm just waiting on you. And if you've got to pray that in the next week, and the next week, and the next week, and the next week, and the next week, you just keep asking, because God has a date marked on the calendar. There is a big red X on something on that calendar where he said, this is the day. You didn't pick the day. God picked the day. And he has a red X on there and he's like, you know what? This is the day that I'm coming through and you're getting close. Every day you're not getting farther away from what God's doing. You're getting closer to what God's doing. So God says, just be patient, just be persistent and just keep trusting because I'm looking for somebody with a little bit of faith. So if you're one of those people that you've given up and you're like, God, I don't know how you're gonna do it or if you're gonna do it, so I quit praying and I'm a little frustrated, God's saying to you this morning is, I'm looking for the kind of faith that is still gonna keep going tomorrow. You, keep, you pray it today if you want to, but if you're not gonna pray it tomorrow, don't worry about praying it today. I'm good and I'm gracious and I love you and I'll probably still come through, I probably will, but man, I really want you to be on board with me because we're both gonna celebrate when I come through if you'll just stay with me. And this morning, that's what God is inviting some of you back into. Some of you guys have lost your faith. You're like, I don't know it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I believe it. I don't know that it's happening. I don't know that you're doing anything. I don't know that you want to do anything or you can do anything. And God's saying, oh, yeah, I can. And oh, yeah, I do. And oh, yeah, I will. So come on. Because I'm looking for somebody with faith like you. Let's pray.